coulda, shoulda, woulda. All these expectations I have on myself. Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Today, we're going to talk about how we use food and exercise to deal with anxiety and insecurities and all of our expectations we put on ourselves. It is a big topic. And um, I'll tell our listeners, I kind of came up with this. This was actually in our list of topics, but I just started a new job. And cognitively, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew that there was going to be things that either got cut out or pushed aside because of timing. But last week was my second week, and it was really stressful. And I found myself being bummed and not shameful, but certainly feeling bad about myself because I didn't get all the exercise done. And so this topic really came to the forefront of my mind because even though we're in the health and wellness space, I still fight it, maybe not daily, but pretty frequently. What about you, Cam? Oh, yeah. I have expectations for myself on how I eat, when I eat, how I exercise, all of those things. And it's sometimes a battle. And I was telling Amelia before we hit record, last night, I was just mindlessly eating a bag of chips and I finished them. It was kind of like, oh, it's going to finish them. So I finished the chips. I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes you just, yeah, you just do things. You're like, why did, why did I do that? (laughs) Well, what did you tell yourself after you did it? Were you like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Or were you just like, okay, let's move on. I just said, move on. My stomach hurt and I was glad I wasn't wearing the glucose monitor because I'm pretty sure it would have been really high. (laughs) And I was just like, why did I do that? Like, what was that about? I don't know if it was salty or crunchy. I'm not sure. Do you think it was any of the things that we've talked about, like comfort eating or stress or emotional? No, we were watching TV. So it was more mindless of anything. But I on purpose finished the bag. I do recall <laughs> that feeling. But um, we we're watching we're watching Billions right now on uh, not Netflix on Amazon. And we we're just I don't know, I had a glass of wine and I ate all the chips. <laughs> End of story. I've done that too. And it's it mm-hmm. to me, I, I more often than not have to admit that I'm like, Oh, why did I do that? Um, mm-hmm. So so for me, it's not as clean as it should be about just moving on from it. I wish I could be, I could say it was, but it's not. You know, in retrospect, I probably didn't eat enough calories yesterday. Um, I was doing a lot of work um, and we're working on my computer and just like, you know, all that stuff. And I think probably if I look back, I didn't eat enough calories. And so I was mindlessly getting my calories in. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because in times where I've had what I call hungry days, where I'm just like, why am I hungry all the time? And it's exactly Mm -hmm. what you're describing. And so I do Mm -hmm. think the more we tune into mindfulness, we do realize sometimes, hey, my body is actually telling me something positive that I need to consume more. I will crave protein Mm -hmm when I need it, or maybe even salty, honestly, when I need some more sodium. So I think there's something to that. 
I agree with you. I, I agree with you. And I think I think we're onto something <clears throat> for sure. I definitely agree. I will say for people listening, um, if it is some sort of mindless or emotional sort of eating, ask yourself what your expectation is when you consume this. So occasionally, like, oh my gosh. So now that it's the holidays, like I, I saw a commercial, I think it was like for a peppermint milkshake or something like that. And my mouth didn't water, but I immediately thought about that and how good it would taste. So, you know, sometime during the holidays, I may say, you know what, I've thought about this for two weeks and I'm going to get like, mm -hmm. get a small portion, but I think we have to understand why do I want this and what's it going to do for me? Mm -hmm. What's my expectation when I consume this food? Right. And, 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 you know, it could go be back to emotional things. Like I used to be a classroom teacher. I was in the classroom for 18 years and it always drove me crazy when kids would get good grades and the teacher would give them candy. I was like, what are we saying? What are we, we are, we're earning our food. Like what's the underlying message there. Right. And sometimes, you know, if we've been like, we grew up in an environment like that or whatever, then you have to like pause enough to go, okay, what's this really about? Is my body real? Does my body really need nutrients or am my emotional eating or stress eating or whatever. Right. And the other thing that people need to know, and I think we've said this before, a lot of these foods that we crave um, hit our dopamine, our pleasure receptors, but the food companies know what this hyper palatability formula is. They have engineered this food. So I'm not saying mm -hmm. it's bad and you can't have it, but be conscious of the fact that this isn't about your willpower. This is about mm -hmm. hyper palatable food that food companies have engineered to make you crave it. So I think there's a balance there. Mm -hmm. It's called the bliss point and it's literally designed. It's usually a combination of sat, um, fat and salt to make you want more and more and more and sugar. Those are the three main ingredients. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And unfortunately for mm -hmm. us in midlife, we come from what we've called diet culture. And so mm -hmm. we're programmed to want this stuff and then we're programmed to feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do we overcome it or how do we become more mindful about what we're doing? I think pausing is a big one and just say like, am I really hungry? Why, why do I want this? Or am I thirsty? Like really just stop for a second and just don't eat the whole bag of chips. <laughs> like just take a second and say, what, what's really going on exactly. here? Exactly. And again, I don't <laughs> want us to make or I don't want people to think we're saying don't have it, but just being mindful mm -hmm. about it and knowing what it is that you want out of it before you grab it. Because an impulse can be, I looked this up in on Google or in a dictionary, it says a sudden strong urge or desire to act. And my desire for that peppermint milkshake when I saw the commercial was profound. And that could have mm -hmm. been led to an impulse, but I was able to kind of reason through that and not go immediately to wherever it was that was selling that stuff. Uh, yeah. So I used to be that way with jelly, bean jelly beans and candy corn. If I thought about it and uh, the gym was right down the road from the Kroger and I went to the Kroger, you know, I was going down that aisle. <laughs> it was like, it just got in and like in my thoughts and then I just had to have it. And, you know, I was totally unconscious at that time about what I was eating or why I was eating it. But now, now I don't even have those urges, but just pausing for a second would have stopped. Yeah, yeah many of my jelly. Yeah, beans. you have to be strategic. And so, you know, we're going mm -hmm. into the holiday season. So I'll maybe we'll do an episode about holiday eating um, 
in a couple of weeks or something. Mm -hmm. But impulse control can be hard during this time of year. If you, I don't know if people are back to socializing and going to parties, but even at family dinners, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if your mom cuts you an extra large piece of pecan pie, can you just eat half of it? Right. And if you eat the whole thing, is that, I mean, you just have to decide for yourself as well. What, what is the, what are the consequences if I eat this whole thing? Will my belly hurt? Will I be totally satisfied? Is it joyful? Um, I have a client, she always says memories over macros. (laughs) So like, you know, you have to think about what else is going on. Are you at a party or are you just shoving it down your throat and not even enjoying it? (laughs) Right, exactly. And this is for another episode, but make sure you mm-hmm. eat something before you to go to gatherings like that. If you go ravenous, mm-hmm. you won't even taste it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Enjoy like the joy of being around other people and, and the experience and really savoring your food. <laughs> so I know you went out to dinner last night. What was your experience about eating eating. Um, I mean, it was good. It was a celebratory event. My, my Mm mother-in-law turned 83, which is a milestone. And the two gentlemen at our table were both over 90. And I was so enamored with this experience with these people and they enjoyed the brie and they enjoyed the lobster bisque. And I enjoyed what I ate. I didn't have that, but it was just the whole environment was so positive that when the creme brulee came and we shared it, um, you know, I was like, this is good. It tastes, it's uber sweet. So it's not my favorite thing, but I enjoyed and savored the custard and the texture. And because Mm -hmm. I was just happy partaking of this food. Yeah. So we're going to repeat this over and over the joy off your plate, the things off your plate also nourish you. So you know, so you ate a extra sugary dessert last night, big deal. The experience was way more helpful to your health than the dessert. I agree. <laughs> and I don't, there is no science to this, Cam, but I have this theory that when you consume food in a loving way like that, that you don't get the negative metabolic effects. There's something inherently safeguarding you when you consume things like that in a joyous situation. I totally agree with that. And that's exactly what they taught at my health coaching school. Exactly. (laughs) So, and it's just like the same about, we've talked about quality of meat, for example, and I do not eat meat, but I do use collagen and it's grass fed pasture raised. And I want to make sure that it's coming from a happier source than a feedlot. I totally agree. Um, I totally agree. Um, my daughter works on several farms and the turkey will eat for Thanksgiving. She raised. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's just, I know how that bird lived and I know that she fed it good stuff. And I'm very peculiar about animals that I eat um, for that very reason. I think everything deserves a high quality of life. That's just me, you know, being living with my rose colored glasses. Well, you know what? I mean, we can apply that to humans. We also deserve to live a high quality life. And so high quality life includes, you know, food that nourishes you, but it also includes the people that are at your table. I totally agree. So there's lots of Mm -hmm. things um, that we can have expectations of and need a little bit of impulse control. Let's talk a little bit about exercise and how that satisfies our expectations. Yeah. So I'm, I am a former CrossFit athlete and coach, and I use extreme exercise to get out of my mind going through a divorce and all that and into my body. And it felt so good to rather than thinking about stuff, right? We've talked about thoughts so many times. Um, 
But the problem was I was not taking care of my, like, even though it's exercise, right? It's healthy. It's supposed to be healthy. How could this be damaging? It was too much. It was too much of a good thing. So knowing that, learning about that, you know, 2016, 17 and 18, and then recovering from that. So for the last three, you know, three, and it'll be three years in December of my hysterectomy anniversary. So like healing my health, healing my body, but also understanding where, where are my limits around exercise? I was, I was under too much stress, life stress plus exercise stress was like a deadly combo for me. Very good. Do you ever find yourself now, if you have any, any kind of stressful situation, do you find yourself wanting to just go out and do some kind of extreme exercise just to cope? You know, I I haven't had that in, in like urge in a very long time, but I used to all the time. I lived on that, I guess, dopamine hit and getting out of my mind and in my body as much as I could, um, because that was better than thinking all the thoughts, right? Right. (laughs) I will say, and I don't think this is extreme. So last week, I don't remember which day, I think it was Wednesday. I was in day two of three and a half days of training and they were long days. And the lady that taught the class, this is silly, but it's, it's part of the stress. The lady that taught the class, English is not her native language. And of course we're wearing masks. So I found this very difficult. So it was added to the stress. So on the way home, I was like, oh, I really want to work out, but I'm, I'm tired from learning and, and cerebral activity can be exhausting. So I called my husband. Mm -hmm. He was like, you know what, let's go on a walk. And that was mm-hmm. so invigorating, even though the sun was going down and it was getting cold, it just getting out in nature and moving my body, it dissipated a lot of that um, stress and not anxiety, stress and just pent up energy from the day. And I was so glad I did it. But in a former time, I might would have gone on a three or four mile run or done something else mm-hmm. that was a little more extreme. So I'm tempering that as well. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like one and done ladies. Like we are constantly checking in with ourselves um, and saying, wait a minute, this isn't for me. This is for me. And from like a health point of view. So you had a stressful long day, right? And you're exercising at night, which was when the cortisol naturally decreases. So from a medical or from a health coaching point of view, I think walking was absolutely the best decision because you'd already been under stress all day. And it was at night, so cortisol is lowering. If you had done something intense, you would have boosted your cortisol, which may have interrupted your sleep, which may, would have made the next exactly. Day worse. I so, agree. And one thing mm-hmm. I'd like to point out is if you have someone in your life, could it be a sounding board? Um, my husband's always been that for me. If you have a workout partner or a best friend or a sister or somebody, sometimes when you're in these stressful situations and you're leaning towards your default coping mechanism. Um, sometimes running it by someone else may be a really valid way to evaluate whether or not what you're doing, the expectation of the outcome is reasonable. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I left the gym, I guess, February, March this year, and I just couldn't stand by and watch people be stressed out at their job and then come in and exercise at five or 6 p.m., and do this intense exercise. And you could just tell they were running on empty. And I just couldn't stand by and watch it anymore. It just doesn't align with what I know. So, you know, 
it's really hard. That was hard leaving my job. I loved, I loved coaching people in real life. However, I wasn't helping them. I felt like I was part of their problem. <laughs> right. And I'm sure that things like that lead to greater injury rates. Um, there, mm-hmm. There's so much science about why mm-hmm. this is a bad idea. It is a bad idea. Um, there are questions I ask myself before exercise, like, have I slept? Have I eaten? Am I going to be able to nourish myself afterwards? How does my body feel today? Is there like anything that's sore, or, you know, doesn't feel great? You know, um, have I allowed enough rest days between my strength days, which is if you're in menopause, like 72 hours between strength training days. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday is setting you up to fail in menopause. I just want you to think about that. Maybe Monday, Thursday or something would be a better situation. And then, you know, if I do an intense workout, is this going to put me on the couch for days? And then my like movement absolutely stinks for the next couple days because I'm just not moving at all. (laughs) Right, exactly. It comes back to that expectation thing. Like if you Mm. expect or have planned, I mean, I think sometimes as women, we, Um, And we talked about this before we hit record about sometimes we plan backwards. We say, okay, this week I've got X on Wednesday, so I need to get these Mm -hmm. workouts in on Monday, Tuesday. Well, guess what? If Mm -hmm. they're intense, that's probably not a good idea. So sometimes we think of planning and they're actually expectations that we need to reevaluate. Yeah. So I love, I love having like an overview of the week, but then also, um, have your eye on the horizon because things are going to come up. And like, what if you've had a really horrible, long, stressful day? Do not go do some intense, crazy interval training. (laughs) That's not it. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's common. Women will say, well, I just need to, I'm so stressed. I need to exercise it out. And I get it. And I did that. And I know what that feels like. So um, you just don't want to run on empty. Yeah, for sure. I went and walked today with my college roommate after I went to see my parents and we walked actually a further than I thought we would, but it was so satisfying and I got to catch up with mm-hmm. her and hear about her kids. And so that was like a triple benefit. Cause I was outside, I was talking mm-hmm. with my friend and I was moving my body and it was just I can't tell you how much joy that brought me. And I, you know, what's the funny thing is I went to see my parents and I wanted to get that done. And so I really had no expectations of this walk other than to see my friend. And it was so wonderful just to, just mm-hmm. to do it and have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I lo- I think that's a perfect plan, perfect plan for your day. That sounds great. I I just want you to know too, um, you know, there are times when I think I have it all together and I want to tell this story. Um, so this was a year after my hysterectomy and, um, my kids were in town, so they don't live, you know, they're grown. So they were home for Christmas and we were all meeting at the gym. And so there was a workout. It's called Nancy. It's five rounds for time. It's 500, it's 400 meter run and then 15 overhead squats. And it used to be like my favorite workout ever. So, you know, a year after my hysterectomy, I'm like, I'm feeling really good. I feel really strong. I'm going to do this. And I just want you to know I was wiped out for days. So even like, even though I knew CrossFit wasn't good for me, I was trying it out and I was exhausted, like exhausted. My kids were in town. It was just not like, it was just not a good thing. I think that was the last time I really like pushed myself too far. I'm so glad you shared that because sometimes we get into it and don't even know it. Um, I have found mm-hmm. for myself that when I push myself like that, I turn into a, 
a B word person. I won't say that on air. But, um, you know, when I'm exhausted, every little thing needles at my last nerve. And I always mm-hmm. think it's somebody else. I'm like, why would mm-hmm. they do that? Why did she say that? And I'm like, when I'm rested, I'm like, girl, that was all you. Like, I just couldn't see the beauty of life because I was so tired that everything Mm -hmm. was a struggle. And so it's so Mm -hmm. interesting. I'll compare and contrast days where I feel really good. And it's not that the Mm -hmm. days are that different. It's my attitude that's different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this particular day, I asked myself those questions. I was feeling great. I'm like, this is, I got this. I'm going to do it. And I'm telling you, it was one of those situations where I wanted to be on the couch for days. Like I didn't want to do anything, but my kids weren't down. So I kept pushing through. In fact, I think the next day they wanted to go to a partner workout. Oh, wow. And yeah. <laughs> and I went and I was exhausted. It was did not you good. Did you anyway. end up getting a cold or any kind of sickness as a result or did you get injured? No, luckily, no. I was just so tired, just really tired. And that's what we're trying to avoid. And in menopause, like this is real. This isn't, <laughs> this is a real thing. You know, it's funny because my friend that I was walking with today, we were talking about weight gain, which is a different subject, but she made the comment, well, I know it's age and stuff. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we are older. I don't think that's an excuse. Mm-hmm. It's just information. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. would you agree with that? Yeah. So, I mean, we have to be more strategic, I guess, with our exercise and our food now that we're in midlife. That's the, that's the fact. But the menopause belly and weight gain is not inevitable. Right, are, right. We, we just have to change. You just have to treat our bodies in a different way. We're literally different now than we were when we were 20 and 30. Are hormonally different. So why would we keep doing the same thing. <laughs> like We're not the same. We're, we aren't the same. And I have tried really hard the last year, year and a half to adjust my expectations. But also, and we've talked about this nearly episode, every episode, we talk about reframing and time cushioning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. when we had little people, we had to get them to school, get them home from school, get them to sports. And the expectation was what, that we do all of this with ease, which I probably did <laughs> not. But I don't have that anymore. So I don't have to mm-hmm. get it all done by X o'clock, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you don't have to get it all done by X o'clock. <laughs> no. And the other thing is, I don't know about you, Cam, but dudes do not have mm-hmm. this thing. This is totally different no. for dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're planners. I think women are pl- more of a planning kind of person. We're, we just plan more. <laughs> we do. And my husband says what I call planning, he calls stress. And only in the last like year have I been like, ah, maybe he's gone to something there. Because, yeah, you yeah. know, when we expect it all to come together, if we don't do all the things, you know, we think it's not going to come together, whatever it is, whether it's getting the dinner on the table or, you know, mm-hmm. getting the package mailed or picking up the dry cleaning. And it doesn't matter that much. It's just, it's going to be fine. It is. And if you're adding so much extra stress to your system, it's, yeah. I, I was thinking too, like putting down the coulda, shoulda, would've, and I do most of the time is so like liberating to not live in that coulda, shoulda, woulda expectation. It is because you get rid of guilt and shame and all of those things that make you feel bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like literally choose food and choose exercise that supports who you are today. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Instead of what you used to be able to do or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. We are different. We need to respect the difference and just live with joy. 
Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at midlife.mamas. For all of our other contact info, check out the show description below, and we will talk to you next week.